here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Amen. We're going to get right into God's word. Uh, what I want to do is really, I want to, I, I think I need to recap. I don't know how much of this message uh, that I'm going to be getting into, but let's, let's open the message up first, and then let's recap. Recap means let's go over some things that we talked about last week uh, and bring you up to date for those people who are new in our audience. Uh, and let's, so let's go back there. So we're talking about understanding God's vision. First of all, uh, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17 because that is our series. We don't want to forget our series. Everything comes out of the series. So while I'm ministering on the series, then you'll be able to see why. If you notice when we started out, we talked about praying. Remember that? Uh, when we had a situation that came up, and I really felt like the spirit of confusion was over this earth, over this land. And I believe that's why God said to me to make sure I tell the body of Christ, pray. Because that's what you got to do. You can't, you, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the spirit realm. So that's why you have to pray. Now that don't mean that the Lord is not reigning. He is reigning. He's still Lord in Christ. And uh, we already got the victory. But that don't mean that people are not still trying to do some stuff. It's not going to prosper, but it don't mean that people are not out here trying to do some wicked stuff. All right. Now, let's, let's get into this message. Ephesians 5, 17. I'm just going to give you one verse because it says, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So God, through the apostle Paul, is saying to the church at Ephesus, or the Ephesians, don't be unwise, see, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so that's why we, we talked about this, but we named it understanding God's vision. So God wants uh, us to understand his vision. And I believe this is why we have so much bad teaching uh, coming from people because they don't understand God's vision. All right, so let's go to... Uh, uh, the next thing he talked about in the book of Acts, I'm just showing you this. Remember, we just recapped it, that God gave his vision, Acts chapter number 22. We want to go from there to verse 14 and 15. God gave his vision to the apostle Paul. So when you say understanding God's vision, there's a vision in the new covenant that we're supposed to be understanding. Uh, that Acts chapter 22 and verse 14, it says, and God, and Ananias said to Paul, the God of our fathers has chosen you, Paul, that you should know his will, and you're going to see that just one, Paul. You're going to hear the voice of his mouth. This is personal, see? This is his vision. Thou shalt be his witness unto all men what thou hast seen and heard. Paul now became the visionary, uh, God's visionary for the new covenant. All right? And we know his ministry was to divide uh, Jews, first of all, but they rejected the covenant, so, but to divide the body of Christ, our inheritance, just like it was uh, in the old covenant, if you can be able to parallel, you, you compare spiritual thing with spiritual thing, that's how you understand the scriptures. So, the, so Moses died. Moses is the one that God used to fight all the battles to get Israel out of Egypt. That was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ himself. Then you had Joshua, who will go into the land and take the children of Israel into the land and divide to them the inheritance. That was Joshua, type of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to see Joshua and Paul's ministry was similar because that's what Paul did, that's what Joshua did. But Jesus is the one that did all the work, defeated all the enemies, and uh, made sure we get out of sin and bondage and, and death. But, but now, now the Holy Ghost through Paul will give, give us an eye inheritance. All right, that's the same thing as Moses and Joshua. You compare spiritual things with spiritual things is how you get understanding. And when you don't have that, you don't have information. Uh, you, you, left the, you left the Bible. All right, now, let's go to 
the next part I want to show is our subject for today. Hebrew chapter 9. Uh, we're going to give our subject. Hebrew chapter number 9. Remember, I'm teaching, I'm teaching Hebrews because I'm going to show you why. Because we, we talked about it last week, the just shall live by faith. And we know that God told the Hebrew that also. So we're going to be able to, to see all of that today. Uh, let's go back to the book of Hebrews. And we want to go to Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to be reading a lot today. Just want to show you a lot of words. Let's go back to verse 23. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23. Now, your Bible start off in Hebrews chapter 9, a new covenant. Because this is what God gave us. Uh, first, he gave it to Israel. Israel rejected Christ. So now we know it came to us. We had accepted it. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 23. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly thing themselves with better sacrifice than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places. Now at that time, uh, uh, they had a temple. So you have to understand when the Bible said Christ has not entered into the holy places. They had a temple uh, at that time still there. It was tore down in A.D. 70, uh, and then that temple had dimensions. Otherwise, it has three sections. It had when you, an outer court, and then when you went into the temple, it had a holy place, and then it had a holy of holies, all right? Uh, so that's what you must understand about the temple. That's why we are called now the temple of God. Uh, we are the place where God lives, all right? So Christ is not entered into the holy places, see, like made with hands. See, those were natural temples, which are the figures of the truth, but in the heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. So God, Christ has moved into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Then it says in verse 25, nor yet that he should offer, often, offer himself often, talking about death on the cross, as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. See, the high priest every year, the way he got in, he had to offer up the blood. All right? Christ offered his blood one time. Now, that's, the, that's what we want to focus on today. Verse 26 is going to be our subject. Hebrew chapter 9, verse 26 says, for then he must often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But, but here's the subject. But now, here's the subject, once in the end of the world. So we're going to talk about today, once in the end of the world. But what we want to do is we want to put on our tape and on our uh, screen when we type this in. After the word world, we want to put parenthesis Age, A-G-E. So the message is going to be looking like this on our tape and on our uh, podcast. Once in the end of the world, parenthesis, age, A-G-E. All right. Now, the reason why I'm doing this is because that word in the new covenant, in the good news, that word has already been changed from world to age. And I think that people take the word world and they misuse it because the word world means age, all right? Not the planet, not the cosmos, not the global uh, system, but the age, all right? So if you read it like this, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the age. Uh, if you look at that that way, and then it said, but now once in the end of the world, end of the age, has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So the end of what age? The end of the law. See, you have age, you, those are dispensations. You, you, you're talking a dispensation talk. What's in the end of the law? End of the old covenant. See, you have to be able to see the old covenant running out, ending, because grace is coming. See, how can you do that? How can you tell? You compare spiritual thing with spiritual thing. If I go back to Genesis, 
what happened? We saw the same thing in Genesis chapter 6. God saw the wickedness. We, we don't have to do that. We're just going to go back there and read it for you because I just believe in just showing you in the word. Genesis chapter number 6, you saw this exact same thing, and you're going to see what's going to happen. You've got to understand, now you're getting to the revelation of what happened in Genesis. Genesis chapter 6, uh, we're, going to go, we're not going to read all of that. Uh, uh, we're going to go to verse number 5. Let's just get down there. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, watch what it says. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Now, this was exactly the same thing was happening when Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago to Israel. Now, you got to understand what was happening. Jesus Christ came to Israel, just like he did in Genesis chapter 11, just like he did in Genesis when Adam, God came down. Genesis chapter 11, God came down. Sodom and Gomorrah, God came down. Well, the fulfillment of that was when Christ came, that's what he did. He came to man because he wanted to visit man firsthand. He wanted to see what man was doing firsthand. But man didn't know who he was. See, he came to save, save man, but he also came uh, it, 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 according to what he saw, just like when Simon and Gomorrah. He came, he said, if I see the righteous, if I see ten righteous, I won't destroy the city for ten righteous. But it wasn't ten righteous. So now he come to, to see and to save Israel, and now also he came to judge the wicked. But they didn't know why he came. I'm going to show you all of that in God's word. All right, so Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of his thought of his heart was only evil continuous. So man had, had came to, there was nothing more good coming out of him. And the Bible said, repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. But... The next verse said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So you're going to see the same principle. Man was so wicked, but Paul found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You're going to see that same principle. Now, all those who believe Paul, all those people who support Paul in ministry and follow him, they're going to be saved. They're going to be saved from that wrath. See, all those people that follow Jesus Christ who believe in Jesus Christ and follow the message of Paul. They're going to be saved from that wrath. The rest is going to be destroyed. We think it's in our future. I'm going to show you in the Word. It's not in your future. So when you start talking about the pestilence that's going on now, this is man-made. This is not God-made. This is not something God doing. All right? God is not killing 200-some thousand people in the United States. Why, why are he doing that? To prove he's God? No, this is something that man made and man controlled and man still can control. All right? Now, watch what it says in verse number 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Verse 10 says, And Noah begat sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The Bible says, The earth was also corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. Now just see how the earth was corrupt. Earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh has corrupted his way upon the earth. Now this is what Jesus Christ saw when he came. All flesh has corrupt. And watch what God is going to say. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh. So what was what was God putting it into? Flesh. So you have to see at the end of the Old Testament, God was putting an end to flesh. That's all he was doing. That's why he said the just shall live by faith. No more of the other stuff. See, they're going to have to live by faith. All right? We're going to show you that when we get into that. All right? And God said that the end of all flesh has come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. 
All right, now how is God going to destroy man at that time? Chapter 7 told you it's going to be a flood. Now, how did God destroy man at the end? At the end, it was with fire. All right? See, this is not in your future. This is telling you what happened to Israel. First, Genesis, they were, they were destroyed by flood, but the people who got in the ark were saved. Now, who got in the ark? Noah, his wife, three sons, and their wives. They all entered into the ark, and they were saved. Now, God called them into the ark. Let me show you a verse, Romans 3.30. This is why you got to understand the word. Romans chapter 3 and verse 30. How, did it, how would they say God called them into the ark? Now, I'm going to show you a verse, and I'm going to show you why it's so misunderstood. I taught last week on the just shall live by faith, and I showed you what that meant. That's not talking about you got born again. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about they, they were saved. Those Jewish believers, Hebrews, were saved from wrath to come by faith. That's how they were saved. By faith means they had Confess. That's why you had Romans 10, 9, and 10. They had confessed with their mouth the Lord Jesus. They believed in their heart. God raised Jesus from the dead. God said, thou shall be saved. They were talking about shall be saved from the wrath to come that Israel. He wasn't talking about us. It was Israel. All right? Now, I'm following up with this, with this message. All right? So in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 30, just one verse, it says, Sin is one God which shall justify the circumcision. Remember I told you the word justify means to make righteous. He made righteous the circumcision. Now those were the people who had a covenant through the Abraham covenant of circumcision. Those were Jews. They were saved by faith. Just want to make sure you don't miss this because this is very important. It's one God which shall justify the Jews who had a covenant with God. They called them the circumcision they were saved by faith. What did that mean, Pastor? Once again, I want to tell you what that means. It means they had to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. By faith means what? They had to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. That is by faith. If they did not call on the name of Jesus, that's why the Bible says, how can they call on him whom they have not believed? See, if they did not believe Jesus was the Christ, they wouldn't have called him. So they had to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. That was by faith. Don't miss this because this is why you got people who will preach the just shall live by faith for your salvation. That, that's not right. The just shall live by faith was the Jewish believer who was saved during the days of the Apostle Paul, before the Lord came back, they were saved by faith. They were saved by calling on the name of the Lord. See, there's a whole lot of people. We used to believe in that doctrine, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that you, that, that you are saved. That, that's what it means, the just shall live by faith. But that was not for us. Look at Romans 3.30 one more time. Romans 3.30 says, Sin is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith, and the uncircumcision, uncircumcision was the Gentiles or anyone who was not under the Abraham covenant of circumcision, saved through faith. Now, that's what was happening. But how were they going to be saved? Through faith. What do they mean? By faith means they were saved by calling on the name of the Lord. Through faith means the Lord had called them by the gospel, and they came. So you, gotta, you take this word, call in the name of the Lord. Let's look at it just for a moment, shall we? Let's go over to Romans chapter 10. See, this is what you've got to understand by faith and through faith. See, if I teach you Romans 10, 9, and 10 to be saved, I'm saying you are saved by faith. 
and I'm wrong because you are not saved by faith. Otherwise, you are not saved by calling on the name of the Lord. But let's look at Romans 10, 9 and 10, because this is what we used to believe here. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. Let's start there. Thank you. Verse 8. What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, confess that Jesus Lord, and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, here it is, thou shalt be saved. Remember, it didn't tell you were saved. It said you shall be. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made on the salvation. Watch what verse 11 says. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. Watch this. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call up on him. Remember, they were saved by faith. They were saved by calling on the name of the Lord. But that was not eternal salvation. They were saved from the wrath to come. All right? Now, they were, they were saved as a nation. Let's move on. It says in verse 13, we're in Romans 10 and 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Because that's the dispensation they was in. The dispensation they was in before the, the coming of the Lord, they were saved by faith. Let me show you a scripture, Proverbs 18, 21. Now, this, this scripture has been used by the church, Proverbs 18, 21. But once you see what it means, you will know he was not talking to, to us in the new covenant. Proverbs 18, 21. I thought I would put this in here. Proverbs 18, 20, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's the scripture they use. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life within the power of the tongue. That's how it was in the old covenant. That means you have to choose life or choose death. That's in the old covenant. If you confess, everything was in your hand. If you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you shall be saved. See, that's not the covenant we honor today. And then there's another scripture. Maybe somebody can uh, tweet that to me. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is saved. So when you hear that, you'll hear what I'm talking about, how they were saved in the Old Testament. Proverbs 18.10. Why are you in Proverbs 18? You'll see the same thing. In Proverbs chapter 18, it says, see, the name of the Lord. See, that's, that's something that uh, when you hear it, you'll be like, yeah, that's right. But see, that's talking about Old Testament believer. You were not saved in the name of the Lord. See, they were saved by calling on the name of the Lord because that's how they were saved. Talking about save from wrath to come, Matthew 3, 7. All right, here we go. Proverbs 18, 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Watch, he says, the righteous runneth into it. Into what? Into the name of the Lord. And what happened when you run into the name of the Lord? You're safe. Safe, S-A-F-E, safe. That's not how you were saved. Let me show you another one. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. See, that's why when people do not understand what it means to say, by grace are you saved, you're talking about two different covenants. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. And we're going to start reading verse 9. I'm headed to my message. I just want to lay a little groundwork. Uh, for, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, That was the true light which lighteneth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. The world knew him not. Watch what it says. He came to his own. Now, he knew his own were Jews. 
He came to his own. His own received him not. As a nation, they rejected him. But as many as received him, talking about Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Watch this little verse. Even to them that believe on his name. Now, you got to understand, they were saved how? By believing on his name. They, had, they were saved by faith. So you hear me real good, you'll get a chance to understand what it means by faith. They were saved by faith. They were saved by believing in his name. That's why Romans 10 said, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. They were saved by running into the name, calling the name of the Lord. Your salvation is not in the name of Jesus or calling the name of Jesus to be saved. You were saved at the cross. At the cross, at the cross. See, you were saved at the cross. You were saved when Christ died on the cross. So you are not saved by believing in his name. You are saved by believing in what he's done for you. By grace are you saved. You are saved by believing Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Now you are saved when you put your faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Not faith in his name. Faith in his name is not eternal life. Faith in his name was to save them from Rap to come and all these other things they were going against. They were called in the name of the Lord. That's why David said, I called in the name of the Lord and the Lord did this. That's why they were saved by that name. But that's not eternal salvation. Eternal salvation is only in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there are people, multitudes, have their faith in the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ, calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. This is your salvation. When Christ died on the cross, he paid for our sins. He buried the old man and ended the old law. All the curses were destroyed against us when Christ died on the cross. For curses is every man that hangeth on the tree, that was Galatians 3.13. That's what he did. He died on the cross to destroy all the curses that was against you. So all these people out here who are trying to speak evil against the church, against the body of Christ, it won't work. Victory belonged to Jesus. So you can't, you can't use that no more. Let's, let, let's show you that. Let's show you that in Galatians. Galatians 3.13. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Let's go look at it. Galatians 3, 13. See, when Christ died on the cross, what is he saying? Curses won't work no more. No curses can work anymore. No more. Nobody can call down any curse on you or any other stuff. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That curse of the law, they had 12 curses. Well, they would stand on the mountain and they would say, curse, curse. They had named 12 curses and all the people would say, amen. 12 curses. But watch what Christ did on the cross. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, was written curses everyone that hangeth on the tree. That the blessings of Abraham, that the blessing of Abraham, God's righteousness, may come on the Gentile where it is through Jesus Christ, through our faith in Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through faith. 
That means through God calling, on you, calling you to be saved and you received it. All right, let's show you just that. Look at Paul's vision in, in Acts chapter 26. Look at Paul's vision. See, salvation, you don't have to call on the Lord to be saved today. You need to receive, the, receive his salvation when you hear it preached. When you hear Christ preach, receive it. When you hear Christ preach his death, burial, and resurrection. See, our salvation is not who he is. It's what he's done. All right, so Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. Just one verse. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. Here it is, just one verse. To open the eyes, this is what Paul had to do. Open the eyes, turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the power of Satan unto God that they might receive. Didn't tell you to do anything, receive. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith, which was the Jews that is in me. So we have to understand that all we need to do is receive him. Receive what he's done. What he's done. Glad you asked. 1 Corinthians 15. This is why we do this all the time. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is why my wife usually reads this every service after church. Because we never want you to forget what Christ done for us. See, your salvation is based on Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Don't let nobody deceive you. Have you over here confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead and when it's finished it says you shall be saved. Because that salvation is based on you calling the Lord to be saved. We're talking about if you was driving down the road and your car lost track, what were you going to say? Jesus, you got that right. But that don't mean you're going to heaven. See, God, the name of the Lord is to call on him to help you, to save you. See, he's already died for your sins. Now every time the gospel is preached, he's calling you now. Will you come? 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have, watch this, received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain, I deliver to you, first of all, here it is, that which I also received. What do you receive, Paul? How Christ died for our sins. Well, how did he die? He died on the cross. He was crucified. He died for our sins according to the scripture. He fulfilled the scripture. He was buried. He rose again. The third day, he was seen. See for seen above 500 brothers that one. Seen of James, seen of Peter, seen of Paul. That's your salvation. That's our salvation. Our salvation is based on what God did for us. It's the testimony of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. That's the testimony of God. God don't want your faith in something else to be saved. You've been deceived. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom, declaring to you there it is the testimony of God. See, this is God's testimony. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's God's testimony. He sent his son to die for the sins of the world. Paul says, and I was with you in weakness, and I was with you in fear and much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, 
Here it is. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? Why? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So what is the power of God? If your faith is supposed to be in the power of God, go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 15. Your faith is supposed to be in the power of God, not in your confession of faith. Not in you believe. It's supposed to be in the power of God. That's what the Bible just showed you. Your faith in the power of God. Well, let's see what the power of God is. And let's see, do you have your faith in the power of God? Romans chapter 1, verse 15. So much as in me is, Paul says, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are Rome also. For I'm not ashamed, here it is, in the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He's telling you what the power of God is. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the, there it is, the power of God. So what is your faith in? Your confession, your belief, or is in God's word? 1 Corinthians 15, Christ died for our sins. He's buried. God raised him from the dead. That's the gospel of Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. That's all he asks you to do. To the Jew first, also to the Greek. And then when the gospel of Christ is preached, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith and is written, the just shall live by faith. That's why the just, those who are justified by faith, by faith, they had to live in who Christ is. Look at, look at the gospel of, of John chapter 20. Look at John chapter 20. The gospel of John chapter 20, the last two verses. The gospel of John, the last two verses. Many other signs. That's verse 30 and 31. The gospel of John. Many other signs. Truly did Jesus in the present his disciples, which are not written in this book. John wrote to Jews. But these are written, John says, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Not he died on the cross, not he buried, not he God raised from the dead. That's not their gospel. Their gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, you might, you shall, have life through his name. See, their salvation was through the name of Jesus. Your salvation is not through the name of Jesus. Your salvation is in the cross. All right, now, I need to get some work here, work done here. Go back to Hebrews 9, 26. I know I got off on some things. I had to lay a little groundwork here. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 26. Just looking at one verse because we want to share some things from that one verse. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26 says, For then he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world. Now watch what he said happened in the end of the world. Has he appeared to put away sin? So Christ died in the end of the world, end of the age, end of the old covenant, end of that dispensation. So think about it when he said the just shall live by faith because that's what all they had. They had their faith in who he was. They didn't accept Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Their faith was who he was. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what God gave Peter in Matthew 16, 13 through 18. Who do men say I, the Son of Man, am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's what they had to believe. 
Watch what it says, Hebrews 9, 26. And then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the age, end of the world, hath, past tense, he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. But he didn't stop there. He said, now it's appointed to man once to die, but after the death is the judgment. After the death is the judgment. Christ, so Christ, was once offered to bear the sins of many unto them that look for him. Now you know he could not be talking to you. He had to be talking to Hebrews. How do you know this, pastor? What's the name of the book? It doesn't take much. He's reading. He's, Paul is ministering to Hebrews. He said to Hebrews, to them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin under salvation. It's nowhere in the Bible you can show me you were waiting for the Lord. As a matter of fact, salvation has been offered you this morning. Did you receive it? Or are you just going to wait? All right. Let, let me just show you some things because let's go in and show you some, some, some statements. Because I'm going to get into Daniel, look like I'm going to be the next service, I don't know. But let's, let's go and show you some things. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go back, let me show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And I want, I want to uh, start off with verse 1. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. Now, this was Paul ministering to the church of Corinth. Here we go. I'm going I'm to stay in the King James. Let's keep, uh, keep it simple. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers under the cloud and all passed through the sea and and we're all baptized under Moses in the cloud and the sea, and that all eat the same spiritual meat. They all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drink of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But many of them was God not well pleased, for they were all overthrown in the wilderness. Now Paul is reminding them what happened to their fathers. Now these things were our examples. To the intent, we should not lust after the evil thing as they lusted. Neither be idolaters, and they, some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Neither, neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur, as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyed. Now watch what Paul is going to say to the church at Corinth. Now all these things happen to them for an example. And they're written for our admonition. He didn't stop there. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. I want that same thing read out of the good news. We're going to be using the good news today. Not everything just verse number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Just that one verse. What we got to understand is what God did with Israel, they had their own dispensation. They were under the old covenant. And then God took them from the old covenant to the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is not preached to you today. The gospel of grace is preached to you today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, we are going to do out of the Good News Bible or the NLT, whichever one you got. I just want to show you another translation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. I, I got my good news right here. I can just read it out of here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. See, when you hear something, sometimes you need to read out another translation. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11. In verse 11, it says, All these things are the good news. All these things happen to them for, as an example for others. 
they were written down as a warning for us. For we live at a time when the end is about to come. Wait. We live at a time when the end is about to come. Is that simple? We're talking about 2,000 years ago. See, all this stuff he was talking about and what Jesus ministered about, what we're going to get into also, it was not talking to you. Matter of fact, let's go there. Let's go look at a little of that. Matthew chapter 24. Let's look at that. Because they asked Jesus, when is the end of the world? When are you coming back? And one of the greatest things he said was, take heed that no man deceive you. And guess what people have done to the church? Deceive them. Because we, people are still telling you that Christ is still coming back. You got people right now have fallen out with Pastor Crump over just that remark. They still want to, they still want to walk around and talk about the soon coming king. Soon coming king. You better read your Bible. God made Jesus, Acts 2.36, both Lord and Christ. You better run those two words down. He's already king. Paul talked about him as the king of glory. <laughs> See, we, we got this religion that we don't want to get rid of. Because we want to we be able to crown him. Because grandma and grandpa, they sang that in church, crown him, crown him. You're not going to crown him. He's already crowned. Jesus is the Christ. He's both Lord and Christ. All right, look at Matthew. Now, Matthew 24 and verse 1. See, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 1, watch this, watch this awesome thing. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 1. Jesus went out, departed from the temple. His disciples came to him to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, remember, Jesus said to his disciples, see, see you not all these things? Verily I say to you, watch this what he said now. There shall not be left here, talking about Jerusalem, one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Otherwise, Jerusalem will be totally destroyed. Now watch what happened in verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? Tell us, what shall be the sign of your coming? Tell us, when is the end of the world? Three questions. Can you answer them back? What three questions? Tell us, when shall, when shall these things be? When? Tell us, what shall be the sign of your coming? When, what, and when? When, what, when? When is the end of the world? Now, I'm going to show you in the Word, in Matthew chapter 24, let's keep running, let's keep going. And we're going we're gonna to go down to verse 13 and 14 now. Matter of fact, let's go down to 13 through 16. Now watch these keys. Matthew 24, 13. Are you there? Here we go. But he that endure to the end, once again to the end, the same shall be saved. People think he's talking about the end under grace. There is no end of grace. Grace is why God came and sent his son to put you back in grace. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. All right. Now, here we go. Verse 14. This gospel. And this gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of Christ. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. I showed you last week that it was. Shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. Watch what it says. And then shall the end come. Well, if I can show you that the gospel is preached, look at Colossians 1.23. We'll come back here to Matthew. 
See, this gospel of the kingdom was preached to all nations. They was preached to the end of the world. See, people have told you, oh, yeah, God wants you to go into all the world. See, you've been deceived. He not, never told you, the body of Christ, to go into all the world. Somebody's reading to you in Matthew 28, Mark 16, telling you to go into all the world. Matthew, Mark, it not to you. And there are people who know it, but they wrote all these books, and they told all these people, now they don't want to change. Because people are going to know they didn't know. Man, I'd rather tell you the truth than to tell you something I found out that I was wrong. If I found out I was wrong, I got to change it. Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world, but never to the body of Christ. Matthew 16, go to all the world, but never to the body of Christ. But here's a man who went. Colossians chapter 1, we got a guy who went and told us in his word that he went. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. Going to tell you that he went. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, don't drop your cup, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. The apostle Paul preached to every creature which is under heaven. You know what our problem is? We don't understand the terminology under heaven. We think under heaven is Pontiac. And don't forget Africa. But that's not under heaven. Under heaven was the promised land. Only. Let me show you something. Go to Matthew chapter 10. We'll come back to Matthew 24 just a moment. Matthew 10. In the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter number 10. See, if you read and you study, you know people who taught you was wrong. That don't mean, that don't mean they're evil, bad people. They just learned from somebody else who didn't know. Now, that's what happened. We might as well be honest. If I got people before me learn from people who before them and they didn't know, then they, they didn't know, so they just taught what they were taught. And that's what we did, brothers. But somewhere down the line, we got to find out for ourselves. Matthew chapter 10. Now, watch Christ teaching his disciples to expect persecution. Now, we got a little time. We'll start at verse 16. He's going to tell them to expect persecution. He's going to say, look, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of woods. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and humble as doves. But beware of men. They will deliver you up to the council. They're going to scourge you. Now, we know all this happened. To Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Paul did it to the church of God. Great persecution, the Bible says. They shall scourge you in their synagogues. You shall be brought before governors and kings for my name's sake and for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when, you, but when they deliver you up, take no thought of uh, what you shall speak. Uh, it shall be given you in that hour what you shall speak. For it's not you that speak, but the spirit of your father which, is, which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death. And the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and call them to be put to death. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Remember, that was their salvation. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endured to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, now you know, you, know he, you can't be talking to you. Because I'm going to show you in a moment, he's talking about Judea. So you can't, you can't take this out of context and think God talking to you. But when they persecute you in this city, you want to tell me what this city is? Is it Pontiac? 
then flee to another city. Verily I said to you, thank God he didn't leave it to us to figure out. Verily I said to you, you shall not have gone over the cities. Wait a minute. You shall not have gone over the cities of Israel. I want to make sure the scripture's up because I want to make sure they, they see this. You shall not have gone over. This is verse number 23. It says, but when they persecute you in this city, flee to another city. For verily I said to you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. So when he said, go therefore and preach the gospel to all men, he wasn't talking about Pontiac, he was talking about Israel. And then he told him, you would not have gone over all the cities of Israel before I come back. Let's, let's give you one more. Go back to Matthew. We'll pick this up in Matthew 24, the next service. But I want to show you one verse. Matthew 24, 34. I want to read that out of King James, and then I want to read it out of the good news. And we're done for this morning. See, if you, you, if you, when you don't know, just say, I don't know, I miss God. Somebody else know. Thank God somebody know. We don't have to go invent the tower. Just buy the one that the, that the man already invented. Don't get mad with the man because he invented the tower. Just buy it, put it on your car. Thank God it worked. Thank God somebody invented something. So if God shares something with me, don't get mad. Just thank God, Pastor Crump, no. We're in Matthew 24, 34. We want to read out the King James, then we're going to read out the good news. What was it? Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. Now we know the word fulfill means finish, accomplish, pass, complete. So he says, I say to you, this generation shall not pass. But what does it really mean? Will somebody show me in the good news? What does that really mean, Pastor? Let me get my good news Bible. What does that really mean? Matthew chapter number 24 and verse number 14. Pastor, what does it really mean? I'm going to show you on the screen. Because are you sure... He's not talking to us because we got a pandemic. You think, you sure we're not in the last days, Pastor? Because you got church out there last days, folks. I won't call them what I want to call them, but let's move on. Matthew 24, 34, here it is. Remember that all these things will happen before the people now living have all died. Oh, my God. People told you it was going to be this year, next year. Oh, the, oh they told you Jesus was coming five times. I've heard that since I've, since I've been alive. Let's put that one verse up there again. Remember that all these things will happen when, Pastor? Before the people now living, 2,000 years ago, have all died. You think they died yet? My time is up. I thank you for yours. Praise God for his goodness. Let's, let's, go, let's go to the cross. This is how God saved you. He saved you at the cross. When Jesus died on this cross, he saved us from our sin. He saved us from death. He saved us from hell, eternity, and death. And he gave us eternal life. Now all you need to do is receive it. Receive Christ's death, and resurrection as your payment for sin. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his mercy. Receive his love. Israel was actually the same thing, and they rejected God's salvation. But I know you are more wiser than that. My time is up. I thank you your faith is open under you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. 
I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.